Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Mike. I'm with Wade and Jason. Hello, uh, hello. Hello. Here at the Wisconsin Lutheran College studio. Studio, they just built just for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. soundproof, everything, right? Mm-hmm. They As really, you can tell. Yep. They are really, <laughs> they have really put their money where their mouth We're is. We're actually all in different glass booths yep. um, with acoustic accruements. Um, within little, the booth, little spiky walls. There's a whole crew out there, like uh. with with like knobs and and it's it's and awkward stuff. talking to each other in in such high tech you know conditions. But I think it's worth it for for the sound that you listeners are getting. Absolutely, mm. yes. Um, we're here to discuss a set of theses that I wrote, not in anger, not in frustration, but just to get my in sobriety. F- in sobriety, I was sober. And get these thoughts I'll down. I'd like to congratulate uh, you on that, Mark. I was, uh, yeah, it's been, I, I've been sober for a long time. The, uh, <laughs> I know you have. I just, I threw the sober <laughs> thing. Mike is not a drunkard. If there's no, one thing not. that I Mike just, is just not, saying that he's not a drunkard. I've been sober a long time. It no, I'm saying that to everybody. Assume, that doesn't assume that I was I, I, Jason knows that too. Everybody knows that about Michael. Not a yeah. drunkard. Right. Yep. Uh, nor a womanizer, nor a lover of money. <clears throat> I have plenty of other vices, but mm-hmm. they're not the ones <laughs> you that... You do have like eight jobs, though. I do But have I think that's jobs. mostly about the service, not about the It is, because I think um, the enumeration sometimes comes and sometimes doesn't on a regular <laughs> basis. Let's yeah. just say that. Um, in anyway. fact, I was in need of a, uh, of a Pepsi yesterday. I was in need of caffeine, and I had a dollar fifty. I was so close, because it's a dollar seventy-five in the vending machine. And I even asked my, my good friend, my colleague, fellow Christian, uh, brother in Christ. I said, Brother in arms as yeah, well. Yeah, I said, may, may I have a quarter? And he did not have one. He honestly, I, could, I saw the pain in his eyes when he said no. He wanted to help me. Yeah. I, I emptied up my pocket and it was, there was a hole in my pocket. It was just, mm-hmm. I had nothing. Yeah. Uh, if you would have come to find me. I'm sure I would have been able to help you. It was it was a Tuesday, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you certainly could have come to find me. That's right. Um, so a set of theses um, about maybe let's say freedom, um, cultural engagement, um, just stuff that's going on in our society right now. So I I didn't mean them to be this long, but they they got out of out of hand a little bit, and we got one that had to do with what what freedom is. Uh, we that talk. probably though, I mean, that's probably what happened with Luther too. Is like, he's like, I'm sick of these indulgences. I'm writing ten, ten theses, ten theses, like a Letterman top ten. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then he's got, he's got ninety five. Yeah, he's got ninety five. I was I I can't remember what the total was, but I, I divide them up to freedom, conscience, conscience, power and action, nation states, science, and then kind of a, a top ten at the end, if you will. And last time we talked about freedom, but uh, Wade, you had indicated to me that maybe we could do another episode on these. On the concept of freedom, biblical freedom versus what maybe could be loosely. Can I say it? Can I say it? Loosely. Biblical freedom versus more freedom. Yeah. <laughs> M-U-H. <laughs> um, what could be loosely described as American freedom, not that American freedom, that concept is necessarily bad, but the mixing of the two can be problematic. Same way with uh, justice and uh, biblical justice, right? And so we just want to kind of. Uh, uh, talk about those things before we go any further. Though I, we probably I would should. like to say as a as a patriot, and Jason, I know you are a fellow patriot as well. Mm. I'm a little nervous about how he's talking about American freedom here. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, a little bit, 
A little bit. Because you know how you know someone's a patriot? They say they're a patriot. <laughs> and uh, I'm a patriot, and I'm also, I'm not a sheep, Michael. You know what I am? You don't follow. You're I'm a, I'm a, a lion. lion. You're a lion. But I'm a lion from Detroit. <laughs> so uh, I just get kicked around. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes by the Patriots. Yeah. All right. Yes. Uh, we are part of the 1517 um, Podcast Network, 1517.org. Go there. More than just podcasts. Uh, publishing arm, uh, daily blogs, uh, academy courses. Uh, they've been good to us, and they've been good for the proclamation of the gospel, especially here uh, in a evangelically dominated American culture, putting out the gospel there. Um, we have a disclaimer, though, before we go any further. Shall I read that disclaimer? Yeah. Here we go. This show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers. To be honest, much of the time, it probably doesn't speak for us. We will be thinking out loud a lot. Uh, so approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism because, well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. Go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. back uh we're here talking about uh freedom uh conscience and cultural engagement we have a set of theses that we've been sort of working through hopefully we don't go through them all because then we'll be here forever um i there's a lot of episodes in these yeah i i wanted to the reason i uh put up these theses at least the ones on freedom was uh, a frustration of hearing people talk about freedom and not really understanding um the anthropology of St. Paul, especially in Romans chapter 6 and 7. So let me, let me read to you a portion of Romans chapter 6, okay? Just verse 18, in fact. You have been set free, free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. So how can you be free and slave, right? And so th- I think that's where we want to uh, take that today. And to understand that, you have to understand the simul. Wade, you want to explain the simul to our audience? Sure. I, I have an idea first that I would like to share, but okay. I do not want to interrupt you. All right. Because I've heard that that is a uh, disruptive for listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would like, we have to have an image that we put up with these uh, episodes when one of us, me, usually produces them. Mm-hmm. And then writes the show notes. And I was thinking it would be good if we could get an image of you with a copy of these theses, um, putting them on your bulletin board in Luther-like fashion. I do have a very small hammer. Yeah. <laughs> so I would like to request that. Okay. Okay. Um, if we're talking the simul. Request denied. <laughs> if we're talking the simul, uh, we're talking something that you that even outside of Christianity, people are aware of to some degree. Um and that is that we often act against our best intentions. We often act um, against knowledge, right? This is why Kierkegaard is so important. He says, you know, the, the ancient Greeks thought that sin just basically came from ignorance. And if you just ignore, if you just educated people and told them uh, 
people wouldn't sin. And Kierkegaard's like, um, no. Like, sin is a product of the will. We know better. Um, we just fall into this. And uh, so even right in Bugs Bunny cartoons, we have, was it Bugs Bunny or Elmer Fudd or whatever, we have the, the angel and the demon on his shoulders as he wrestles with something. Uh, the Can conscience is... One thing just, just quick. I think it's really important to understand that I like that you said that the will was sinful and not reason. Sometimes we mix those two, and, and Luther's not really good about right. the will always can being abuse reason. Yeah. Yep. So, like, because then sometimes people will think, oh, well, it's faith versus reason, and reason is uh, bad. No, reason's good. It's your <clears throat> sinful will. We sort of let ourselves off the hook there. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. I want to say anything. Sorry, anymore. I apologize for interrupting you. That was very rude of me. I accept your apology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, right, um, even conscience indicates something is up, that we can be a person divided on them, against themselves. But just as with vocation, right, one might have a station, um, but it's not a vocation because they don't recognize uh, this as a believer. Through faith, they don't have, uh, they're not able to see this for what it is. <clears throat> so also, um, the person divided in on himself or herself uh, doesn't have terms for what's happening, and also is just a sinner divided on on, in on himself or herself. The difference comes when we receive God's gift um, of forgiveness through faith, when we are justified by grace through faith, um, and then we are now declared saints. This is one of the big draws for Lutheranism for me coming out of Catholicism, is I did not think the odds were good of me achieving uh, saint status in Catholicism, right? But Lutheranism, like at the door, was just handing out saint status. Like here's... Here's, it was Oprah with cars, right? Here's yep. sainthood for you. Here's sainthood for you. Um, and so through faith, we are sinner saint. And we recognize that the division within us now, the struggle is um, that the old Adam, the sinful nature, is not gone. We daily drown it. But like your little brother in the pool, it can swim. So you dunk and you dunk. And, but, right, little brother keeps popping up and you let him breathe because your parents would get super mad if he died. <laughs> But then you keep dunking him. And uh, so that old Adam, that sinful nature is there. there. But we also are a perfect child of God, declared righteous in his sight, fully righteous through Christ and in faith. Um, and so there will be a, a struggle. Um, and uh, this struggle, if we, if we feel divided on ourself, uh, in on ourselves before coming to faith, um, this struggle becomes even more serious after faith because the devil need not work on those who are already his own. We are baptized, as was Jesus, um, into anfectung, into temptation, into testing. And so just as Jesus went to the wilderness after his baptism, <clears throat> so now we are part of a struggle. And the good news is, oftentimes Christians assume when they are struggling that this must be a sign of a lack of faith. Right? They'll come and we've all heard people come to us as pastors and they come and they say, Pastor, I just, I don't know that I even have faith anymore. I'm struggling with this. And you're in your mind, you're going, oh, child of God, um, there are 300, 400, 500, 600 members of this parish. I wish they all were in here <laughs> like this and not so at ease. Um, that struggle is actually a sign of faith, right? It's taking up one's cross and following. So that's how I would describe the symbol. I so, think... Uh, <clears throat> Just before you go on, I, I don't think you can count daily resurrecting the uh, sinful nature as your first miracle mm-hmm. uh, and step towards sainthood. So uh, we're, st- we're still waiting for Wade to produce his first miraculous sign, but I don't think that counts. So, no. so 
when this then gets applied to our maybe current context and, and how we throw around the word freedom, um, there seems to me to be, correct me if I'm wrong, that there are two options. Uh, either you're a slave to sin or you're a slave to righteousness. Because if you are free from sin, the only other option is you are a selfless, loving, righteous person. Right? If, if you are righteous, then you are going to be living for others. So that seems to rub us the wrong way because when we think about freedom, we think about it in terms of a curved inward individual, I do what I want, don't tell me what to do. A freedom from, but not really a freedom for. So when St. Paul talks about biblical freedom, he says, as he said in chapter uh, 6 of Romans verse 18, right? You are free from sin. You are a slave to righteousness because there's no other option there, right? If you're free from sin, then you are right. There's no middle ground. So if you are right, then you are going to be a slave of love to other people, which is not really slavery at all, but what we in, always intended to be, right? It's to have, it's your will will be um, guided by, subject to one or the other. Yeah. So um, does our concept of American freedom, or at least, let's, let's say something that maybe the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years I'm not an expert in American history, but um, th this talk about freedom as a very hyper-individualistic sort of thing, does certainly it's not a parallel with Romans 6, 7, Romans 6 and 7. Can we fit it in there, or are those two going to be mutually exclusive? I think it's an interesting question. Uh, the mm. problem is the American notion of freedom is leveled off recently at about the level of a sixth grade student's concept of freedom. Um, you've had some American history, often not very good American history because the curriculum is decided by a bunch of people who have agendas and not just uh, a desire to have American history. And you're still dumb enough to say things like to your parents, I have freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. Or I remember in high school, <coughs> uh, the police brought dogs one day and they were searching lockers for drugs. Um, and so you paid close attention to see what lockers they found some in because that's where you could score. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Just joking. Don't do drugs, kids. Um, but you would have kids who would say, that's illegal search and seizure. Mm -hmm. right? And the principal's got to be like, no, those are, those are school lockers, genius. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so I think... Um, how freedom gets talked about today um, is largely just an immature um, romantic um, views of history that didn't exist um, and uh, sloganeering notion um, that is divorced from even what uh, from the very documents that people claim to be standing up for. The very first act of American freedom was uh, a group of people coming together to rise up against uh, right taxation without representation. Uh, I believe something was said about we'll all hang together 
And you know what I would have said? Like, if if we were all going to hang together and they had me on the gallows, like, nope. I want to hang by myself. Because <laughs> freedom. <laughs> uh, would you, would you, do you think that perhaps there's just a little bit of an Arminian theology mm-hmm. that's around here and both sides, both sides of the equation. One is, it's my de- right. It's it's up to me as the individual to make this decision, right? I, I am the, I certainly have a, a, and this is too far for Jacob Arminius, but you get what I'm saying that somehow I control a part of my destiny, and then therefore you are responsible for yourself, right? The criticism of Jacob Arminius to to Lutheranism and, and what we know as Reformed uh, was there's not really a hum- there's not a lot of human responsibility there. So the highest ethic, which I'm going to talk about later in thesis, becomes that individual responsibility, right? So you are responsible for yourself. Therefore, it's not really about loving neighbor as much as it is maintaining my rights so that I can be responsible for my actions, right? It's a very curved inward thing, mm-hmm. both for looking to your the gift, right? Freedom in this sense, but also the responsibility, right? So I'm... I, I, if you're taking money a from me, that is on you. That is not an act of love on my part. Now it gets complicated, <coughs> right? Because there's a difference between charity and handouts and welfare and stuff like that. I get that, but do you? Would you agree that there's just a little kind of a there's a theological there's a latent theological understanding, good, bad, or ugly, under all of this? Yeah. Well, I think. As far as the freedom and responsibility, right, the existentialists recognize, so, right, Sartre will talk about freedom and responsibility. You can't have one without the other. Um, if you are truly free, then your choice is it becomes something that you're accountable for. Everything then is your choice, right? Um, but I don't know that even, I mean, you get at that we talk about individual responsibility. But I don't know that people really follow through on that in a way that even is as consistent as the existentialist would have been. No, Um, Because I I then become responsible to no one and often not not even to myself because if if I'm not being honest with myself and consistent with myself. um, and, uh, And I think we see this on every side of the issue. But, you know, that you get to Arminianism... Uh, something that is of interest to me is a um, right American Christianity is overwhelmingly Arminian. That's just um, early on you have a strong Calvinist influence, but you know the the revivalism of a, a Jonathan Edwards is not what wins out. It's going to become a Finney. Um, but secondly, um, people just assume they have. A, well, good Lutherans will say we don't have a free will in theological matters. But then they almost all tend to assume they have a free will in non-theological manners. And I think even um, philosophically, biologically, there's plenty of fields and disciplines now that are looking at that without any sort of theological um, background informing their decision and saying, uh, no, we're not nearly as free as we think we are even in these other things. Sure. Right? And so when we, when we align freedom with a free will, or assume at least a completely free will in line with freedom. And we see this in our own day when people fight things, fight about things over, if so, if someone comes from a, a, a bad, uh, a um, 
unfortunate socioeconomic background? Right? Who is responsible? Is it on that person to pull themselves out? Is it on us to help? Um, and you'll get all these debates, but a lot of them assume some sort of a, a completely free actor on both sides, mm-hmm. right? If I didn't come from that background, it, I'm assuming though I somehow deserve <clears throat> that background I had and where I came from, um, and I may assume the opposite of the person coming from that. Uh, but I think when we talk about freedom in general, we have a long way to go to establish anyone has a, a truly free will. Yeah, I, let me make two points. The way I, I describe this is, um, you know, a free will to our students on a very basic level. I do the above and the below, right? And that makes sense. And, and I say uh, things below, certainly I have, a, I have a free will. I have a free will whether to eat uh, a salad or a Burger King. And then I stop and look at them and I go, but do I really, right? And because I'm fat. Classic you know, bird. <laughs> classic bird. You know, that like just the quiet. I also make fat jokes. You know, and, and turn Jason, this way. Jason, have you made any fat jokes? Yeah, I've made a few of them. Turn so this nice. way so that my profile is there, you know, and then say, but do I See, really? See, the difference is like right. Michael has to like stick out his belly and kind of rub it. <laughs> I just have to um, stand. Yeah. <laughs> but what's I'm there inter- with you. What's interesting, I, I thought this is a hole in a lot of people, the way they think is that whole thing it's so easy to hear it a million times right why can't these people just figure it out and there's some truth to that right there's some truth that people like i mean we are parents of teenagers who teach teenagers and young adults we are constantly telling them to like could you do this basic thing you complete morons right <laughs> um we understand that they're we we want to make them more responsible and you know what we were told when we were that age the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, and, but, but there is, you know, you can grow into responsibility and that's part of being formed. We get that. But out of the same mouths of is something where you have to raise your children right so that they become good adults, right? So how can you blame somebody who was not raised right, whatever that is, quote unquote right, um, for growing up as a, completely idiot and a responsible adult, right? I mean, you can't have it both ways. And so we understand that we are social creatures, that we're interdependent, that our childhood has a lot of things, that our, that our environment uh, uh, thought has a lot to do with who we become. And so you can't really be an island and just expect everybody to be the exact same ethical creature that you are. You know, you know why when you're... I'm sorry, Jason, I'll be short. And then I'll, yeah, that's right. You know why... Uh, you're prone to pick maybe Burger King over um, some other, uh, let's say, um, sort of food, ethnic food, whatever, is your taste buds are not your own. You didn't freely choose your taste buds. Sure. No. You didn't, your, your palate was created for you. Um, you were conditioned to it by how you were raised, what you were fed, where you're from, what foods were available, what was the supply. There's a reason. And you can overcome it, but it is very difficult. Right. right? Very so difficult. you can have these people who get obsessed with avocados. But that <laughs> apparently this makes everything great. When I was growing up, I don't. I never even heard of avocados. Did you? you we guys? did because yeah. we were California. We had a oh, sophisticated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's avocado yep. trees. What about you? In no. Yeah, avocados were pretty rare. And so for... now I can appreciate an avocado. Now if you put an avocado on something, I'll eat it. Um, but uh, I didn't choose to not necessarily grow up wanting avocado with everything. Um, and and that what's true of your taste buds is true of your whole person. Sorry, Jason. Yeah, as I say, I usually prefer my uh, avocado in guacamole form. Uh, you with eat it on, a healthy, you eat it on toast? Um, 
I prefer tortilla chips, as you know. Yeah. But I, I was. What in Jason Dell would be the the most <laughs> common form of avocado? Ooh, yeah. I'm kind of thinking it might be the avocado toast. I mean, that it's kind of you sliced know sliced on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Sorry, mean, go ahead. Kind of somewhat trendy, but uh, safe. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> what I was thinking, you know, just kind of talking, you know, not only the difference maybe or in understanding of freedom but you know even there may be that that idea that freedom from sin is righteousness but the challenge to agree on what that what right is and i think you know you hinted at that with your discussion of raising your your the point that you're making raising your kids right and what does that even mean um how how true is that in so many different different areas of life too right to say um well, I, I recognize that I'm not only free from, but I'm free for, but what I value as, you know, being the best thing to be freed for, uh, and what I think is good and right versus what Wade thinks or what Mike thinks, you know, that might be three very different things. Sure. And maybe to put it in terms of, of flourishing, right, uh, I think generally both sides left and right in america tend to say uh freedom um is the highest good or at least we say that maybe even higher than prosperity (coughs) higher than security although there have been plenty of times when we have valued security over freedom Mm -hmm. and one we don't talk about is valued prosperity over freedom right and that that's only i mean that's only one example of how you know uh, someone from a left will talk about reproductive rights, sure, right? Where somebody on the right may talk about uh, the freedom to protect yourself, right, your body, and um, well, they're both kind of arguing the same thing. They're arguing the stuff. same thing from different from different points of view. I, you know, or I have the freedom to uh, do what I want with my body. Um, that means something completely different than um, somebody in. Uh, hate Ashbury as it is to somebody right. living in Wyoming. They, they all right? want autonomy, yeah. but they want autonomy um, in in different ways and in f- divorce from different things. Yeah. Yeah. So, what usually does not occur is a discussion about right neighbor and love, mm-hmm. which I think is, which is I think frustrating for for us um, who are going to see and and not just be from a Lutheran perspective, but as you hinted at too, maybe from even the founding documents of um, of the United States, which are certainly not, at least that I don't know, have not made it into the canon yet. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what I'm doing here, Michael? Yeah, you're sipping on Pepsi. How long do you think I could uh, keep <laughs> sipping on this part? Um, so. <laughs> About 46 minutes I could go. Easily. So what I, I had in my thesis here, I did have something about this a little bit later when we get into power and action, like what what is... Um, um, how then should you act, right? right? And how does that, how, how do you use your power? And is uh, using power um, ethical or non-ethical? Yeah. And, and, and then um, do we see everything through power then, right? We'll, we'll, we'll kind of attack that hermeneutic. We'll talk about hermeneutical power and hermeneutic of suspicion eventually. So if I can unpack something Jason said that I think is helpful, is it's not just a question of, a freedom from versus a freedom for, but I think there are competing freedom fors, mm-hmm. and perhaps this is a, a very um, this is a reason 
a further reason um, <clears throat> why it can be so difficult to be free as an American and free as a Christian at the same time is um, America doesn't only have a a shared sense of what we have freedom from that we've basically put down in our founding documents, but culturally um, there are very strong notions of what we have freedom for. And um, right there is a just that the that the founders say life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness has at its core a word that you like to use, Michael. Right, a sense of human flourishing. Right, that these are the things um, that are given to flourishing. And then over uh, decades and centuries, we've attached that to things, whether that be becoming you know moving up uh, upward mobility or having your own property or what or whatever it might be. Those freedom fours that America, um, that many Americans share or maybe even encourage, that are inculcated in our schools, right? Um, even in our athletics sometimes, um, are not all bad. But um, for the Christian, um, they, are, they can be useful, but they also need to be taken captive to Christ, right? So, so my flourishing in the... Um, Political, economic, cultural sphere, <clears throat> according to the right the the common assumptions of what flourishing is, um, is also then <clears throat> part of my Christian freedom for neighbor, and when that is not taken captive for Christ, um, then I would say that impulse, as Luther says, um, when he calls things mortal sins, that in and of themselves are not even considered big sins, right? I would say, um, if I can channel Heidelberg Disputation, then those things themselves, which in and of themselves could be good and could be used towards a good end, um, can themselves become mortal sin um, when they become an unwitting attack on on faith or when they become a wedge between me and neighbor. Um, I think an episode we really need to do at some point, and I think there's, maybe we'll read some Pannenberg or something, but... Um, I think it'd be real fun to talk about um, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the communal versus the individual. Because I think that we as Lutherans assume the individual, right, because Luther says, here I stand. But that is not Luther's worldview at all. Um, his doctrine of vocation, right, ties us, weds us to neighbor. Um, and I think especially in the Gospels, um, Jesus does not come with only an individual's concern, right? Um, even when he speaks to the individual, so the the leper or the woman with the unclean flow of blood or the demoniac, um, it's to uh, restore them to the communal, right, if that makes sense. And so I think maybe, I think this this discussion of freedoms for is a, is a very good point that Jason raises, that, that we also have competing notions of what those are that can sometimes be used and go hand in hand well and sometimes will will be... Um, at odds. I don't know if that makes sense, but no. I talked. I've thought quite a bit about communal versus individual. Not that I have come yeah. to any kind of conclusion, but we are on the this. If you had a spectrum of the group or the individual, I in the history of the world, we are definitely on one side of the spectrum rather than the other. Like uh, like on a diving board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think going the other way, of course, is problematic as well. Mm -hmm. um, but just the way we think, right? Uh, You're saying going entirely communal. Yeah, this, right. this could, yeah. Be could be extremely problematic, right? So, I, in our society, we are told to be an individual, right? Don't follow the group. Um, 
but in other places they you know have how I'm an individual? phrases. I wear Nike. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Which, of course, you it, we've talked about this before. You you end up losing yourself in this, you know, this imaginary I am an individual, mm-hmm. right? Um, but in other cultures, uh, the 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 tallest blade of grass gets cut down first, right? That that so there. I think there is a little bit of a balance balance there and i think a lot of it actually is helpful if you understand worship a little bit mm-hmm. in that way go ahead it would, it would be curious too because because at the same time i think that and and i'm trying to remember exactly how this was put i've, I've read a little bit on this um and i don't want to overstate or misrepresent but the you know at the same time it's from you know the biblical teaching that you know you get this value for the individual that is so oftentimes lost in so many other mm-hmm. cultures, right? And was you know, probably and what was more at risk in the ancient yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it, it, yeah, it's, there is going to be that, there, there is going to be that tension there. And I think, you know, to recognize uh, we may have crossed over that line going toward the other extreme, um, but to, again, hold the middle and to keep that intention um, with all the positives and negatives that go with that, you know, in being pulled toward either side of that divide. And, and, uh, if you go too far one way or another, harm is done. Yeah. I think if you go too far to the communal, I mean, you lose the, you lose the self, um, you lose a personal God, you lose, um, you know, any sense of your own, your own free will as diminished as that is, and certainly not existent when it comes to things above. But if you go too far to the individual, you become God, right? You start doing God things like naming yourself, mm-hmm. identifying yourself. Um, you, you start saying, I'm a controller of my own destiny. And that happens both in left and right, right? That is not, ex- it's not exclusive just to, to one political side in America. Um, you, you can kind of be that, that person that you become, you become the alpha and the omega at the beginning and the end, right? Do you think that... Uh you know, the, that those who constructed the founding documents and things like that for America had a grasp of those things, whether they fully, fully bought into all of that, you know, as far, as far as understanding that they come from the, you know, the, the teachings of scripture and the, 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 you know, culture and civilization that that has produced, but now as we fast forward a couple of centuries from that um that more and more people are losing that connection and that that is the cause of some of these you know i mean i think even just that they're coming out of the commonwealth tradition which is the common wheel right the well-being of the whole and that while they're asserting human rights many of them are doing it as an enlightenment conception which is right universal human rights um so i think there was this idea of these are individual, but they're also communal. I mean, it's we the people yeah. um, that maybe those trends of thoughts. Uh, I, I mean, I think Mike's probably onto something. When a lot of this is probably just the the amount of marketing that we're subject to, um, that an appealing way to self. We want to be to stand out, to be special, and I, I think um, even in education, you wear your Nike. Just do it. Yeah, I mean, even in the <laughs> educational system. I mean, much of the time is spent, whereas public schools originally were in a utilitarian sense, if we're thinking of mill, right, to, to kind of teach you to have the right 
internal and external sanctions to that we can all kind of agree on what's good or bad or whatever. Um, I mean, there's more creative writing in many schools now than there is writing on the thought of others or, or, or um, you know, uh, assessments of others' works. And I think part of that is the the emphasis on what you think, what you produce. And, and so I think probably we have a lot less of that than the founding fathers. Yeah, I think there's probably some to get into the mind of Washington and Jefferson a little bit, I think would be just helpful for us to say we are, as always, taking our thoughts and putting them on other people from a different century. Uh, we all do that, right? Um, and certainly they were at home. What were, what were they at home with? Were they at home with... Um, um, Aristotle and Plato or not? Were they at home with the scriptures or not? And, and what, what lens did they look through? It helps us to understand where they're coming from, good or bad, right? Good or bad. I mean, uh, it's teaching high schoolers, even at a Lutheran school, they buck that idea that there is a, that there is a universal morality. They just, I mean, none of them would, very few of them would say it that way, but they buck, they, how could you judge, right? And I go, well, then if everybody just does what they want to do, and then I just, you know, well, then here's this, this, and this. And it's just very hard for them to pull out of this. I am, everybody has the right to their own destiny and their own morality, their own existence. And it's just not reality. And this is why, as a Christian, I am opposed to Yelp. Because I've gone on there and it's full of judgments. <laughs> this pizza was good. This pizza was not good. How dare they? Uh, a free-for-all we need to do at some point is if you could go back in the ma past and meet these people, what would stand out to you the most? I have my answer already, and I will say their teeth. Yeah. I think almost anyone I would meet from the past, one of the first things I would notice is uh, their teeth. You know, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Because Washington would be kind of whistling through his, nice to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. I bet Jefferson had a not bad set of teeth on him. Even in older age. Yeah. It just seems like he, that would be the Jefferson way. I feel like, Michael, I kind of hijacked our discussion of your thesis today. Did I do that? That's fine. I think it was exactly... Well, tell me if I did or not. No, you didn't. Okay, it was it you. was fine. We didn't actually read any of the theses, but we didn't need to. Next time, what I would like to do is talk about conscience. So, like, um, can I just say, well, I have to follow my conscience, and so that gives me an excuse to do whatever I want? Do I really... What if I'm really conscience bound about something and what does that mean for me as a christian does that mean that everybody must then bow down to me because i am troubled with my in my conscience or should i expect suffering because of that and so i think hopefully these theses the next set of theses will uh will give us a good um platform to discuss that stuff you guys Mike, need to teach so we need to yeah wrap it just up. out of curiosity michael how many collar days today in the theology department we had a two-collar day today, and it looks like the... Uh, it's a train. It's a train. It's a train. Oh, wait, it's not the clerical? Is that, no, it's not the many, clerical. Many, I was going to claim a three-collar day many, if we count um, the clerical. How many tie clips do you have? Oh. Do you own? Is that going to be your thing? That's going to be the like, Professor Oakland thing? The, that's the his idiosyncrasy that he's going to call yeah. today. I don't, have, I don't have too many, but I thought, you know, I'd switch it up for you guys I'll today. I'll call you TC, tie clip. Tie clip. <laughs> What's up, TC? Like Twin Cities, too. You're yeah, that's right. Yeah, I can wear my TC cap. and yeah. yeah. That'd be a good minor league baseball team, the tie clips. The tie clips. <laughs> there you go. Clips for uh, sure. Another yep. good free-for-all is the best minor league baseball mascot. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. 
Lug All nuts. right, Jason, Lug I nuts. have to go teach. What are you teaching? I have to teach history of Christianity coming up next. What are you talking about today? Today we are talking about Anselm of Canterbury and his treatise, Why God Became a Man. Cor. Hmm. Cor Deus Homo. Yeah. Um, I will be off to Christ and Culture, and we are discussing Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. Ooh. We are in the dystopian section of the course. I think I would. I think I would pick Anselm if I had my had my choice. Is there is there any is there a, is that all the course for you knowing you is it all no just is it heavy dystopian there's three dystopian <laughs> novels that only we do. three that they read <laughs> there would be more if mm. I had my druthers yeah what are your three uh, this semester it is Fahrenheit four fifty one mm. nineteen eighty four mm-hmm. and uh, Station Eleven okay very good well I would like to wish you both a great day as we go forth in the love of the Lord to serve Him. And uh, I cherish your friendship. And uh, let's let the bird fly. Uh, every evening when the sun goes down, get with my party and I begin to cry. I don't care what the people are thinking. I'm not drunk. I'm just a drinker. I set him up another round. I set him up another round. I set him up another round. One more round won't get me down.